Welcome to Showboat, a series of podcasts from the battleship North Carolina in Wilmington. I'm your host, Mary Ames Booker, ship's curator. Together, we'll discover the stories of an extraordinary ship that steamed into history, what makes her tick and keeps her going, and her vital contributions today. Join us as we share her adventures and celebrate the thousands of men who served on the most highly decorated American battleship of World War II. So, what's in a name? The North Carolina BB-55 was commissioned on April 9, 1941 at the New York Navy Yard and declared the world's greatest sea weapon. But where did the term showboat come from? There are various answers. A ship undergoes months of sea trials testing the equipment before being assigned to active duty. New York journalist Walter Winchell said the battleship was not worth the taxpayers' money. It is nothing but a showboat cruising in and out of New York. North Carolina's sister ship, the Washington, was also undergoing sea trials, but she did not get the same publicity. That rather annoyed them. Both ships were assigned the same test crews in early fall 1941. As the North Carolina approached the Washington, their band struck up, Here Comes the Showboat, after the revival of the Broadway musical. The name stuck. Or perhaps it was because the Navy made her the showboat. They were proud of its new man of war and eager to get appropriations for more ships. So it was on show for reporters, politicians, shipbuilders, and the general public. Regardless of where the name came from, by war's end in 1945, the North Carolina had definitively earned the right to be called showboat. We asked Admiral Ron Henderson to introduce you to our remarkable battleship. Well, hi, good afternoon, everyone. Um, the battleship North Carolina, when she was commissioned, when she was laid down, built in Brooklyn, New York, and, and commissioned, she was the first U.S. battleship that had been built in over 16 years. Uh, she was, at the time of her commissioning, uh, the most powerful warship in the world. And she started out by operating in the Atlantic Fleet before moving to the Pacific Fleet as it became apparent that the Japanese threat in the Pacific uh, required her services to escort carrier battle groups. So she transited the Panama Canal and arrived in Pearl Harbor on uh, the 7th of July, 1942, and then began to fight in basically every other major campaign in the Pacific in World War II. She earned 15 battle stars, very distinguished record. Uh, her baptism of fire, so to speak, was the Guadalcanal campaign. In the Battle of the Eastern Solomons, where she also sadly suffered her first combat casualty uh, when uh, George Conlin, uh, young seaman, was killed by a strafing Japanese airplane attacking the carrier strike group. She went on to bombard islands, participate in all the invasions, all the ones, the famous ones you've heard of, Guadalcanal, uh, Iwo Jima, uh, Tarawa, uh, Battle of Okinawa, all the major battles of World War II. She was uh, a key player in all the events that, that took place there. Uh, she was in many, many fights, a total of nine shore bombardments, including uh, a bombardment of mainland Japan. She was uh, attacked by kamikazes off Okinawa, and uh, 
she also managed to shoot down uh, a significant number of Japanese airplanes during the war and, and during her engagement. She earned uh, credit for 24 Japanese airplanes shot down. This is a very conservative number because in those days, you only got credit for shooting down an airplane if you were the only ship shooting at it. And since North Carolina was rarely alone in her uh, combat experience, uh, that was a difficult thing. So to get 24 on her own was quite an she was there in September 1942, 45, excuse me, uh, at the end of the war when the Japanese surrendered. And shortly thereafter, she transited home and uh, returned to the United States. Uh, the policy in those days was that the ships who'd been there the longest were the first to go home. And North Carolina certainly qualified as one of those. So very distinguished war record for the battles at North Carolina. After World War II, she served as a training vessel for a short time and then was decommissioned, as were all the U.S. Navy battleships from World War in the post-war period. But our ship was uh, was a powerful symbol in World War II and a, a huge asset to the war effort. In June 1947, the battleship was retired to the reserve fleet in Bayonne, New Jersey, to serve another day. In April 1960, however, the Secretary of the Navy announced that the famed battleship would be dropped from the Navy and sold to the highest bidder up for scrap. Two Wilmingtonians proposed to rescue the ship so she could serve as the state's memorial to the 11,000 North Carolinians who died during World War II. Noted North Carolinian Hugh Morton explains in an early 1960s television interview. Well, of course, uh, the original idea was not mine. Jimmy Craig, uh, a member of the American Legion post here in Wilmington, it was his idea, and uh, he came to me. I was then aboard a conservation and development member, and he wanted me to help him uh, get the powers that be in Raleigh and Washington to do something about it. So I went to work with him and with other people in Wilmington and across the state to get it done, but uh, it was not my original idea. I just worked with other people to get it done. What were some of the difficulties involved in bringing this vessel here? Well, to begin with, we had to raise the money. There was no state funds uh, for the purpose, and we raised $315,000. About $60,000 of it came right from here in Wilmington. But uh, when the rest of the state saw that Wilmington was supporting the project, why, well, of course, they kicked in, too. And we had a county chairman in every one of the 100 counties of the state, and the whole state participated in it. And another delightful thing about it uh, 700 school children, uh, 700,000 school children. Uh, we didn't have but a million 100,000 school children in the state at that time, but 700,000 of them gave 10 cents each to help bring the USS North Carolina home. And uh, it was a really a wonderful statewide project. Do you think it's significant to save these old war vessels for future generations to see the past of America's fighting men? Well, I, I, I don't speak for all ships, but I do uh, feel that I can speak for this one. And this is the greatest ship that the Navy ever floated. Uh, I, you, you feel that I'm prejudiced in the matter, and I admittedly am. And North Carolina was in every offensive naval engagement of the Pacific War, everything from Guadalcanal to Tokyo Bay. And I think it's the greatest ship that, that this country ever floated. Um, We've, uh, we've got something to be proud of. We're just lucky that the, that the greatest ship the Navy had happened to be the one that bore the name of our state. 
North Carolina Governor Luther Hodges and his successor, Governor Terry Sanford, supported the plan to bring the battleship to Wilmington. Sanford had the support of the state's teachers during his campaign for office and wanted to involve the school children. Schools across the state were issued certificates for their students' donations, and each child got a ticket to visit the battleship. Mike Wortham, former board member of the Friends of the Battleship from Henderson, North Carolina, recalls his story of saving the showboat. I think we're talking uh, 1960. I, I was trying to calculate. Uh, I think I was in the sixth grade, and I don't really remember exactly how I heard about the ship, um, but I, I, I'm assuming it was in school. And I do remember the story that we were asked to donate a dime. And being my father and my uncles, and a lot of my family were in the Navy in World War II, I've always been surrounded by Navy. Um, so my dad made sure we had that dime. And I was looking forward to it. I'd always been interested in ships, and I'd never been on one in my life. So the fact that a, a, a ship was coming to Wilmington, which seemed like a long ways from Henderson, North Carolina, but um, I, was, I was glad to be a part of it. My dad was as excited to be a part of it as, as I was. And um, so it happened. And I think my very first visit to the ship is 1963, I believe it is. In fact, uh, I remember my dad let me borrow the camera back when we had a 12 exposure roll. And I don't know if I got all 12 exposures, but I do still have black and white photographs for my very first trip to the ship. So uh, I wasn't very selective, but I still have those pictures. So um, for us to go from Henderson to Wilmington was, was a treat, but I do remember we did have a special trip, and, and, and I'm sure my dad was behind it. I'm sure we went to Wilmington in 1963 just to go visit the ship. That was probably my initial visit, the one I remember anyway. And over the years, as I got older, uh, I would go to, any time I went to Wilmington, I always went to the ship. And when my son was growing up, I had pictures of him standing by a 16-inch shell by the number one gun turret. And I think I had a picture of him like three, four, five, and six, and seven, and eight years old. So we were going every year during that period of time. So I was visiting the ship at least once a year. This, this story is in reference to my dime. This is kind of like a personal, a personal story. Uh, when we gave our dime, uh, I think, I'm pretty sure we got a free ticket to the ship. Well, I hung on to my ticket, and I was ready to use that ticket. And evidently, I did use it in 1963. But at that age, it was a great thing to have a free ticket. And I've always cherished that free ticket. Wish I had that ticket stub today. But um, back in night, uh, 2011, I believe it was, we had the ship's birthday in Wilmington. And I, I think it was the 70th birthday. I forgot exactly. But anyway, one of the announcements was that the uh, the public would be invited on the ship for the original fee, the entrance fee. And it was 25 cents. And for the life of me, I don't remember it being, I thought it was at least a dollar or something. And I said, 25 cents? I said, I've been coveting this 25-cent ticket 50 years here now. So, I mean... <laughs> It was interesting to to think that I thought the ticket was worth a whole lot more. But it's also interesting to know that back in the beginning, evidently, uh, it just cost 25 cents to get on the ship. But anyway, I had my first trip was a free ticket. Battleship volunteer David Holloway shares his memories of the showboat. 
My name's David Holloway. Uh, I grew up in Wilmington, North Carolina. I was actually from, born in Durham. Uh, that's where my father's family was from. My family goes back to the late 1700s up in the Durham, North Carolina area. We moved down to Wilmington when I was two years old, and I was a student at the original Bradley Creek Elementary School that's on Oleander Drive, where the New Hanover County Extension Arboretum is now. The original building actually burned down in 1982, and it was a red two-story brick building built in the 1920s, and the second story was added during World War II. Um, at the time the campaign was started, I was about seven years old in the second grade, and I remember an announcement was made about uh, this battleship, this big ship being trying to be saved and to be wanted to bring it to Wilmington. And money was collected. Uh, I don't remember exactly how it was collected. I think a teacher may have had a, a box sitting up on the desk, and we brought our dimes and nickels and um, dropped it in. And that's about all I remember of the actual giving when I was a student at, at Bradley Creek. I have a slide that my mom took in December of 1961 of my grandmother, my father, and me standing at the original the original gangway, which was um, off the port bow, close to where the, the maintenance gangway is now. And we're standing there right at the entrance just before you go on the ship. So it was December 1961 was the first time that I went aboard. My grandparents always came down here for Christmas, and that was one of the first things we did when the ship was, was here. Um, my grandfather was in the Navy in World War One, and he wanted to see the ship. And In fact, later in later years, when my aunt and uncle would come down from Massachusetts, my uncle had been a quartermaster on LSTs during World War Two in the Pacific. So every time they visited either my grandparents or my aunt and uncle, when they visited in the, during the 1960s, we would always go, go on board the battleship. And I went at first went in the Navy in 1979. So every time I would come back to visit my dad, I would occasionally go see the ship. One of the things that I remember growing up is when my friends and I, when we were teenagers, when we would be kind of all like everybody does, you're standing around and you're talking about what you want to do when you grow up. Uh, when I retire, I want to do this or when I want to do that. I was always half joking and half serious. I said, when I retire, if I come back to Wilmington, I'm going to paint the battleship. It's, it's ironic that when I did finally retire in 2015 and actually permanently moved back to Wilmington, that in uh, 2017, I actually did come back and uh, volunteer on the battleship. And it, it means a lot to me because being from Wilmington and having served in the Navy, I actually think of it as my ship. Because that's when you're in the Navy and you're active duty, you you always talk about, well, this is my ship. I'm serving on this ship or that ship. So I think of the battleship as my ship. In my conversation with David, he shared another memory that is part of the Saving the Showboat story. But another memory I had, which was really, it kind of stands out. Um, air shows have always been big in Wilmington. Most of the time, the big air shows were at during the Azalea Festival. And there'd either be the Blue Angels or the Thunderbirds, and there'd be a lot of planes out on display, out on the apron in front of the, the original air terminal, which is where the customs terminal is now. Um, but there was a, a show in September 1961 that I think was based around either the Golden Knights or a skydiving team. And my parents and I, well, we went out there like we always do, going to the air shows. and. 
My mom always took pictures at the air shows using a slide Kodachrome film. And um, my dad would put me on, on his shoulders so that uh, I could see over the crowd. And I remember this the plane um, carrying the paratroopers, the skydivers. I remember it taking off and it rose up off the runway, maybe 100 or 200 feet. And then it just seemed to, to stop or to stall and slide back a little bit and then just fell on the runway. And then slowly um, I saw some fire and then the, the black smoke started coming up. So that's what I remember about seeing the, the plane crash. And later I learned it was uh, James Craig was on board who was one of the um, prominent figures in uh, bringing the ship here to Wilmington. Fundraisers used the new medium of television to build support for bringing the battleship to Wilmington. Hugh Morton worked with Wayne Jackson, WRAL-TV in Raleigh, to develop the statewide Save Our Ship TV program. It aired on prime time. North Carolina celebrities Andy Griffith, Jane Morgan, and David Brinkley participated. Locally, Jim Burns helped raise funds on his WECT-TV program. Battleship Programs Director Danielle Wallace explains the Grandmothers Club. Thank you, Mary Ames, for having me talk about the Grandmothers Club because I think that this is a true little gem that not a lot of people know about. And I first became aware of it as an intern, a public history graduate intern at UNCW. I was not even working for the battleship at the time. And uh, chose this subject for a, a virtual class that I was doing. I had to do a virtual exhibit. And so um, I met both you and Kim Sincock, the museum services director, and got to go through these fascinating letters. And what I learned is that WECT was very integral to southeastern North Carolina in the early 60s. And the reason for that was because it was really the only television station in the area. And Jim Burns was a popular news anchor with WECT. And then he also had a television show called The Variety Showcase. Um, He started the Grandmother's Club and encouraged people to donate, just like with the school's milk money. uh, It was for the grandmothers to donate quarters and dollars for their grandchildren so and that these names would then be placed on a scroll that would be read on board the ship in a special ceremony. Now, I cannot determine or was not able to determine whether or not this ceremony was broadcast or not, but regardless, it was very important to these grandmothers to have their grandchildren's names on the scroll, as we will see by these charming and wonderful letters that we have. The first one that I picked says, Dear Jim, I love your program. You have a charming personality and your program is one of my favorites. I am enclosing $3 for the ship fund for my three grandchildren. Their names are, she lists the names, best wishes, Mrs. John F. Powers. Wonderful, cute little cute little note here. We have another one that says, Mr. Burns, here is my, in quotation marks, little bit. Hope you get many more quarters for the battleship fund. 
Now, this letter really struck me because I loved the idea that she quote, she put in quotation marks little bit. And I ended up naming my virtual exhibit every little bit because like the battleship's milk money campaign, this grandmother's campaign, I felt, was very grassroots and it created this sense of community regarding the battleship that every little bit helped. The dime, the nickel, the quarters, the dollars. And because people gave their money to the fund, it brought out, I think, a sense of ownership that the people of North Carolina have towards the battleship that I think is singular in the historic ship um, community because I've not been able to find where another historic ship had such a grassroots effort in saving it. Dear Jim, I am sending some money for my grandchildren and I would like to do a little to bring the ship here. I am a World War veteran, World War I veteran, wounded in Germany in First World War and lost a son in Second World War. I think the ship will be history for the young people. Please put my grandchildren's name on the scroll. They felt very much that this was their ship. Their, they were doing their little part. They wanted, they because they put their dollar for their grandchild, they felt that they owned that battleship and it became part of theirs. And that is a legacy, I think, that continues to this day. Thank you for listening to Showboat, a series of podcasts from the Battleship North Carolina in Wilmington, North Carolina. Visit us online at www.battleshipnc.com. The Showboat welcomes visitors daily. In 2020, the Battleship North Carolina received an NC CARES Humanities Relief Grant from the North Carolina Humanities Council, www.nchumanities.org. Funding for NC CARES has been provided by the National Endowment for the Humanities as part of the Coronavirus Aid, Relief, and Economic Security Act Economic Stabilization Plan.